So Nancy Pelosi decided to visit Taiwan for no reason, and now China is furious. Why antagonize China? Look, I have no problem punishing China if it's constructive, like Trump used to do. But Pelosi, she gained nothing from this trip, no diplomatic benefit. All she got was headlines. She loves being in the limelight, but Pelosi taunting China, and now they're doing war games over Taiwan. I mean, that is just foolish. Meanwhile, President Biden, this new package that he's passing, it's raising taxes. Biden is now raising taxes on most Americans, including those earning $40,000, $50,000, $60,000 a year. They're in the worst. They're the, they're in the squeeze because they don't qualify for many government programs. And at the same time, they, they, they can't afford the price of gas. They can't afford to buy milk and bread. Biden is breaking a signature promise that he's literally made dozens of times that he would only raise taxes on the rich, only raise taxes on people making over $400,000. But that is turned out to be a lie. And that's what Democrats love doing. They love raising taxes. So we're going to get to all of that. But before we get into Pelosi, I've got to play you this clip. This clip is priceless. This is, of course, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. She was asked about the fact that China basically threatened to blow up Pelosi's plane. China threatened to shoot down Pelosi's plane before she traveled. Now, of course, the trip is over. Listen to this clip. An official who is associated with Chinese state media is suggesting that if Speaker Pelosi tries to go to Taiwan, her plane could be shot down. Does the president have a response to that? You know, I've been asked about, I know you're asking specifically about uh, uh the rhetoric that we're hearing from China, but as it relates to uh, the speaker's uh, the speaker's uh, travels, uh, it's something that we're just not going to speak to right now. That's a hypothetical. Uh, we are we are not uh, just we're just not going to speak on her schedule. Uh, as we have said multiple times, we give advice and and uh, guidance uh, to any members of Congress where they travel to the region they travel, whether an advice on geopolitical uh, situations situation in the region or in the country and any national security uh, uh, issues that may arise. But again, I'm not going to speak to a hypothetical. Okay. And I mean, it's astonishing. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. He asked her a very simple question. A Chinese official, it's a, a state media official, but that is the state media, that is the government. That's a mouthpiece for the government in China, not like the United States. They work for the government. So they, he threatened to shoot down Pelosi's plane. There's a very simple response, Karine Jean-Pierre. It says, we don't, we, 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 we are opposed to China shooting down the plane of the Speaker of the House. We fully condemn the Chinese official who said that he would shoot down Pelosi's plane. It's like, this is like a, the easiest layup, the easiest slam dunk answer question you could ever have, which is, yes, we are vehemently and viciously opposed to China shooting down the plane of the Speaker of the House. Unless, like, Biden maybe doesn't like Pelosi very much. I don't know. But, like, well, we're not going to comment. I mean, then she says it's a hypothetical. It's not a hypothetical. A hypothetical would be, what if a Chinese state official said that he was going to shoot down Pelosi's plane. This is not hypothetical. He said it. If like if China said, we are declaring war on you today. Well, it's hypothetical. They didn't declare war. They, they didn't actually fight the war. They only declared it. That is called reality. That's not a hypothetical. We will shoot down the Speaker of the House's plane over Taiwan. That's not hypothetical. Hypothetical is 
Well, he didn't say it yet, but what would you say if he says it? Well, that's a hypothetical. This is real. He actually said it. A foreign official or somebody speaking on behalf of a foreign official, foreign foreign government, an enemy, by the way, says, oh, yeah, we're going to shoot down Pelosi's plane over Taiwan. And, well, we're not going to comment on that, Peter. That's China's rhetoric. I mean, why on earth? That just goes to show you how terrified they are. Uh, and, like, she's a Democrat. It's not even like she's a Republican. Like, they're not even defending their own leader of their own party. In the White House, it's 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 mind-boggling. And look, I cannot stand China. I don't want to come up. Well, why are you defending China? I am not defending China. You want to be tough on China. You want you want to impose tariff, tariffs on China, sanctions on China. I'm good with all of that. But this meaningless, symbolic trip that that that's just totally pointless. That can trigger World War Three. And now China is furious. China is literally acting out war games right now. I mean, yeah, China is, is, is holding war games. Listen to this uh, AP headline. U.S.-China ties on a precipice after Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. That's the AP. That's like the mainstream media, like on steroids, saying the, China right now is furious and the, 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 the ties, the link, the, the, the relations between U.S. and China are on a pre- precipice thanks to Pelosi. Who's the warmonger? Remember, they always call Trump the warmonger. Well, who's the real warmonger? The Democrats are the real warmongers. Listen to this quote from the AP story. Uh, Pelosi's trip has enraged China, Beijing, Chinese nationalists, and will complicate already strained ties even after her departure from Taiwan. China is preparing new shows of force in the Taiwan Strait to make clear that its claims are non-negotiable on the island that it regards as a renegade province. And why did why did Pelosi do All right, In a moment, I'm going to tell you why Pelosi did this. Her, her reasoning for taking this trip is just, she wrote an op-ed, literally, so it's her own words. It's it's absurd. It's nonsensical. Coming up, though, uh, President Biden had a COVID relapse, probably caused by Pfizer's COVID drug, we'll explain. Democrats are passing a massive spending package. They're calling it, get this, the Inflation Reduction Act. And this is going to boost inflation. This is a massive spending bill, nearly a trillion dollars, that will boost inflation, and they're calling it the Inflation Reduction Act. Cannot make this stuff up. Rand Paul is investigating the origins of COVID. Finally, somebody is actually investigating the origins of COVID. Do you know Congress has never investigated all these crazy, ridiculous uh, congressional investigations and hearings? I don't mean January 6th. They investigate a lot of nonsense other than January 6th. And yet they have never investigated the origins of this pan- of this horrific, horrific, unspeakable pandemic. Also, there's a BLM activist who was actually caught. He bought a dog for $40,000 using donor funds. So we're going to get into all of that. And he says, well, what do you expect? New York City won't let me own a gun. So, he would, so this BLM activist, how did this is a bombshell, a BLM activist justifying spending $40,000 in donations to buy a guard dog because, hey, look, I can't own a gun. The problem is all these tough gun laws in New York City. All right, so back to Nancy Pelosi. Imagine for a moment if it were Trump. Imagine if Trump decided, remember they called Trump a warmonger over nothing. Remember that the media had a meltdown. Um, Trump was triggering World War III when what he called Kim Jong-un, little rocket man. He called him little rocket man, and suddenly Trump was the warmonger, and the media went berserk. Uh, don't you know that Kim Jong-un is a madman? You need to tiptoe around him. It turns out Trump knew exactly what he was doing because Trump got he Trump made more headway with Kim Jong-un than all of his predecessors combined in terms of um, halting their nuclear program. And, and then Biden, obviously, Biden totally ignoring North Korea. And why did Pelosi suddenly go to Taiwan? Because of a law that was passed 
1979. I kid you not. This is Pelosi's own words from an op-ed she wrote in the Washington Post. Why am I going to Taiwan? Because of a law that was passed in 1979. So here we are four decades later. We're 40 years after that law, and suddenly you need to, right now, you need to go and show solidarity with Taiwan. When this law was passed, um, the U.S. in 1979 declared a commitment to Taiwan's freedom to be a democracy, a self-governing democracy. Why is she going? She's going because she loves the spotlight. She's also going, she wants to deflect attention from Biden, the, uh, the abysmal record of Biden here heading into November and the midterms. But she just Pelosi always has this way of being the center attraction, and she couldn't figure out any way to do it right now. She's not passing any important bills. So she wrote, wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post saying, we must stand by Taiwan. And she cited a 1979 commitment made by the United States to Taiwan. By the way, Nancy Pelosi, you know, she wasn't even that young back when it was passed in 1979. I mean, she's been around literally forever. And she says it's part of her broader mission to show solidarity with democracies that are being uh, persecuted. She wrote, quote, it is essential that America and our allies make clear that we never give in to autocrats. Well, actually, we do give in to autocrats, especially Democrats, especially Biden and Pelosi. They give in to, de- to autocrats all the time. They just they just don't admit it. They just pretend that they're not. They're actually the ones. The fact that they're not actually punishing China, that she's taunting China right now, but she's not punishing China. And you, you want to know how disingenuous Pelosi is? She supports the one China policy. So the one China policy says that Taiwan actually is not independent. So China, so Pelosi doesn't even believe Taiwan is independent. And she's going and, 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 and antagonizing China and getting them all angry. And they're holding war games saying, well, I'm showing solidarity with Taiwan. Oh, but by the way, I actually think China's right and Taiwan is wrong. In other news, Governor Ron DeSantis suspended, um, and, and I, I think he actually basically fired this woke state attorney and like where it, and I believe I was told got to confirm this that this is the first time ever that a governor has actually fired a DA or has fired a state attorneys I don't know if that's accurate because you would think it would happen more often but maybe now that things are getting so out of whack these you have these these woke leftist radical attorneys you know state attorneys and DAs that are being um, funded by George Soros so DeSantis wait we wake up Governor Hochul because Governor Hochul refuses to fire Alvin Bragg, the woke DA in Manhattan who basically allows criminals to walk free and only prosecutes people who kill in self-defense. DeSantis made the announcement on Thursday. He held this massive, um, massive press conference. And this this uh, attorney, uh, Andrew Warren, state attorney Andrew Warren, he has repeatedly refused to enforce the law. I mean, this guy, he literally, if he doesn't agree with the law, you believe these state state attorneys, listen, Let's say I was a state attorney, right? And let's say there was a law. Let's say there was a, a pro-abortion law that I didn't believe in, in good conscience, right? I would step down. You're not allowed to just decide arbitrarily, well, I don't think this law makes sense, so therefore I'm not going to enforce the law. And you're the state attorney. Like, that's the job of the state attorney. You don't get to decide the law. The law is already decided, and you, your job is to enforce the law and prosecute based on the law. He refused to do that, and specifically when it came to crime. Um, and, and other Florida laws as well, laws involving gender stuff and, and abortion, but it was mostly crime. And uh, literally, these laws are passed by the Florida legislature. And this guy, Andrew Warren, said, I don't care. I'm not I'm not going to prosecute laws I don't agree with. Well, you step down. So here's a quote from DeSantis. Quote, we are suspending Soros-backed 13th Circuit State Attorney Andrew Warren for neglecting his duties as he pledges not to uphold the laws of the state. The Constitution of Florida has vested the veto power in the governor, not in state attorneys. We are not going to allow this pathogen of ignoring the law 
to get a foothold in the state of Florida. I mean, so it, it's just egregious how these leftists, they think that they just get to decide that, well, I, I'm just ignoring this law. I, like, it's the law. I understand you don't have to agree with the law. You can, you can, you can quit. You can resign. But you can't say, well, I'm going to stay in power, but I'm not going to enforce the law because I don't like it. But that's how they, they you know, they're, they're so... They're so ego-driven that, like, they literally think that they can just ignore the court, they can ignore the governor, the legislatures, like, they decide it, it's leftist, it's woke, then that's the reality. All right, so I want to tell you about this BLM activist. This is hilarious that this a BLM activist who actually wants to defund the police. Not only does he want to defund the police, he's like one of the top supporters for the movement to defund the police. This guy is so leftist, so radical anti-police and yet he's pro-gun. I mean, this thing should be making headlines everywhere. This uh, BLM activist, he bought a guard dog for $40,000. Literally, he used funds that were donated. He has a PAC, a political action committee, and um, that supports that, – that has given millions to defund the police. No exaggeration. He bought a $40,000 fancy designer guard dog. Okay? This is, this is a fact. He admitted to this, actually, on social media. That this man, Sean King is his name, a BLM activist, uh, he bought this designer dog. He used donor funds that were donated to his PAC, his political action committee, $40,000. And he says, listen, he gets death threats. He needed to buy this dog. Why did he need a $40,000 dog? Because he gets death threats. And New York, and hey, New York City will not let him own a gun. Hey, what do you want? New York, I want a gun, but I can't, I, I'm not allowed to have a gun. He's, he's pro-defund the police. He's pro-BLM. This man is as leftist, as radical, as socialist as you could ever imagine. Hey, they don't let me own a gun, so I needed to buy a $40,000 dog. So you mean to tell me you couldn't find a guard dog that could protect your family for less than $40,000? You couldn't find, like, a, maybe the $37,000 guard dog? The, 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 the $32,000 guard dog? The only guard dog available to protect you from the white supremacists and the death threats is a dog that costs... $40,000. Oh, and by the way, maybe I could have borrowed the money. Maybe I could have figured out, found the money. No, I had to use donor funds because, after all, I'm protecting my family. And the reason that I'm getting all these threats is because of uh, uh, of my political activism, right? Because I'm this crazy BLM guy. So according to the Washington Examiner, um, he, he was worried about wh- uh, white supremacist threats. But again, I actually read the Instagram post, but it, I read it in the Washington Examiner. Quote, I've had hundreds of death threats, including from police, military snipers, and white supremacist groups. So he says it cost me a lot of money to keep my family safe. In fact, he claims it cost him more than more than $40,000. That's just the tip of the iceberg. He co-founded this uh, PAC in 2019. It has raised nearly $4 million to help elect radical leftist politicians who will fight to end mass incarceration and police violence. That's a direct quote. He literally has get, given from his committee, he's given millions and millions of dollars to fight to end mass incarceration and police violence. All right, Senator Rand Paul leading an investigation into the origins of COVID and government funding of -of gain-of-function research. And this is the first ever. How how egregious is this? It's almost, it almost boggles the mind. I mean, all these hearings, like the uh, Congress holds hearings about nonsense Forget January 6th. January 6th, we know that they impeached Trump. I mean, they've investigated everything, everything that Trump has ever touched. Like, I mean, they investigated, like, Trump's grocery store when he was, like, 14 years old to see if he ever uh, stole a pack of baseball cards, shoplifted a a package of chewing gum. 
And not to mention, I mean, they, they've investigated UFOs. Obviously, the, we know about the Trump charity. So, like, it, it, it's amazing how much time Congress wastes on investigating nonsense. And they have never investigated the origins of COVID. Isn't that, like, important? Nancy Pelosi is flying to Taiwan and getting them all angry, getting China all angry. And yet, but we're not investigating. China gave us this this virus that killed millions of people. They knowingly, everyone agrees. We could debate on whether it came out of a lab. We know that it came out of a lab. That is clearly the most obvious scenario. If you look at all the facts, they, they want to say that it came out of a bat. Yeah, weird coincidence, several miles from the lab that had thousands and thousands of uh, of coronaviruses. But even if it came out of a bat, even if it came from bat to human, uh, they never found the bat, by the way. They never found a single bat that actually has COVID. A little bit strange. But uh, China knowingly allowed it. They could have locked down the country. They could have forced their people to stay in the country. They knowingly allowed it to spread throughout the world. So that's a war crime right there. To me, that, that's an act of war, what, what China did, infecting millions of people around the country, maybe billions of people around the country with a virus that they knew was deadly, um, and they could have prevented it. But obviously they wouldn't do that because then they would have suffered and nobody – they wanted to spread the suffering throughout the world. And that's best-case scenario. That is – the best-case scenario is that um, it came from bat to human and China just let it – you know, literally intentionally let it spread throughout the world. That is like the least – that's the scenario where China did the least wrong, which I refuse to believe. But anyway – um, meanwhile, you got so Rand Paul finally because the Democrats are never going to do this because they somehow amazing. How did the Democrats like defend China? Talk about how don't accuse China of knowingly um, leaking the you know knowingly creating the virus and leaking it out of a lab. And they, they, they don't like when Trump accuses China. They don't like that. And many Democrats were against Trump's tariffs against China. But like then you have Pelosi going and saying I stand with Taiwan. So she's just a, she's just a walking hypocrite, a walking contradiction. But here's the thing. Rand Paul is not only investigating COVID, he's investigating Dr. Fauci's connection with the Chinese lab because we know Dr. Fauci actually funded um, gain-of-function research. And we know that that, that's a fact. And that has been exposed in – thanks to the Freedom of Information Act in in, in many, many emails and other documents. And Fauci basically paid China to mutate a virus to penetrate humans. I mean – how is that not not worthy of a uh, of, of a congressional hearing? But UFOs gets congressional hearing. I mean, this is going to go down as a cover up of epic proportions that Dr. Fauci may have been involved in the development. Dr. Fauci, the man, it's it's surreal. It is surreal that the man who was in charge and is still in charge. How is he still in charge? Is beyond me. So many more people died than Fauci. Fauci's like worst modeling ever didn't predict that this many people would die. And then he said that the lockdowns and the social distancing would prevent a lot of deaths. And, and then it turns out that the deaths were way above the estimates. I'm going with their own numbers. Even you'll say, well, maybe those deaths were not from COVID. They were just with COVID. Well, according to Fauci and the government and the CDC, they're counting those as COVID deaths. So, I mean, he is just so incompetent. It's so, so, so negligent, Fauci. But here's the thing, is the man in charge of actually um, – fighting COVID and preventing COVID is the person who very likely helped develop it through gain-of-function research. Well, hopefully, Rand Paul is going to get to the bottom of of all of that. Um, All right, so Democrats have agreed on a deal, which they're calling the Inflation Reduction Act. Get ready. And and Joe Manchin, they even got Joe Manchin on board. Um, The Inflation Reduction Act is going to boost inflation. you got to love what they're they're calling. Hey, guys, what should we call it? Well, 
it's going to add to inflation because all that's what all these spending packages have done. Republicans and even some Democrats keep saying, even Obama's own economic advisor, Larry Summers, he was like, if you spend all these trillions, you print all this money, it's going to lead to massive inflation. And Biden and, and the Democrats said, no, it's not. It's just transitory. And now they say, oh, yeah, we were wrong. They were right. And now they're doing it again. They're literally doing it again. It's a definition of insanity. So um, this is going to boost inflation. Let's call it the inflation reduction package and maybe we'll try to fool some people. Not only that, it's going to raise taxes, uh, as I said, on people learning as less than $400,000 a year, including people earning. This is according to, by the way, th- th- this is the Biden people admit that this is not going to lower inflation. I'm going to get to that in a moment. The, the Biden uh, eco- econ- economic officials actually conceded and admitted that this is virtually not going to reduce inflation at all. And they're calling it the inflation reduction package. I think it's going to add to inflation. Um, I, you know, that's not just me talking. I mean, that's basic economics. That's been what's created all this inflation to begin with. There's all the printing of all the money, all the spending. But um, so you think they'd have learned, but they have not learned. Well, they sort of learned, right? Well, they didn't learn uh, anything from all the spending. Look at all the inflation, record inflation. No, they learned because what they learned is let's call it the Inflation Reduction Act. Until now, they would have called it something else, Build Back Better. But now they're calling it the Inflation Reduction Act because they're trying to fool all of us because they, they think we're stupid. I mean, literally, Democrats, they've shown this many times. They think Americans are stupid. It's like when they change the definition of recession. Oh, we'll just we'll, we'll just say that recession doesn't mean two quarters in a row of negative growth, right? We'll just tell people that. So we're not in a recession. Um, people are not fools. People, they know they're spending $4 an hour, $4 a gallon on gas. They know that um, grocery prices are off the charts. Spending money on a car, you, you want to buy a used car, it's like cost what a new car should cost. And, but we'll just tell them it's not a recession and then everything will be perfectly fine. No, it won't. People are much smarter than you give them credit for. So the Biden administration admits this is a $739 billion spending plan. Listen to this. They admit that it's going to do nothing over the next 10 years to combat inflation. It's going to offset inflation by 0.33%. In the next 10 years, this package is going to offset inflation by 0.33%. That's a third of 1%. One third of one percent and raises taxes on everybody, um, except people making between ten and thirty thousand dollars per year. It offers Americans incentive to convert their personal energy usage to renewable energy. So Biden, he promised so many times no tax hikes on people earning less than four hundred thousand dollars. But listen to this: according to that was a lie, no surprise. According to data from the Joint Committee on Taxation, taxes are going to increase on every American earning um, over thirty thousand dollars a year or under $10,000 a year. And get this, Biden now claims that he's reducing gas prices on a record level. you got to love this. Biden's claiming, look, gas prices are dropping faster than they've dropped in, a, in, in, in 10 years. Fastest decline in gas prices in over a decade. Yeah, because there was this massive surge in gas prices. Obviously, there's going to be a cycle. It goes up, 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 up. Eventually, it's got to drop. It's got to level. Uh, you know, especially with the summer coming to an end here. So it's bound to come down. So it's like this is how he spins it. The fastest decline in over a decade. Well, that's because you presided over the fastest surge in gas prices in three decades, literally. Um, all right. So I do have to mention Ayman al-Zawahiri, President Biden, of course, assassinated the leader of al-Qaeda, the man who took over after bin Laden, Ayman al-Zawahiri. Bin Laden's successor, and I will give him credit. I'm going to give I – I have an observation, of course, but um, when do I not have an observation, right? But I will give – and it's somebody else's observation, by the way, that, I, that I'm borrowing, that I'm going to mention. 
But um, look, he does get credit. I gave Obama credit for assassinating bin Laden. The Democrats did not give Trump credit for all the people that he assassinated, right? There was al-Baghdadi, there was Soleimani, which the Democrats, when Trump uh, assassinated Soleimani, Democrats flipped out. They, like, passed a law that uh, Trump, that a president cannot do that kind of thing again without congressional approval. I think the law was vetoed by Trump, thankfully. But um, I'll give Biden credit for al-Zawahiri, even though Biden was actually opposed. According to many reports, Biden was opposed to assassinating bin Laden, but Obama thankfully didn't listen to him. But here's the observation. Here's the problem. Biden planned this raid for months. And what was the risk? They literally planned this attack on al-Zawahiri for months because they didn't want to get it wrong. They didn't want to kill innocent people. But here's the problem is remember the missile strike in Kabul. Remember during the whole Afghanistan pullout and debacle, Joe Biden murdered 10 innocent Afghanis, including children. And, and, and didn't, he didn't kill it. It's claimed to be assassinating a terrorist. Never happened. Well, that was done in just a few hours. They literally planned that in less than a day. So why can you explain to me how with al-Zawahiri, who's like the biggest threat on the planet, literally he was the, the, the most dangerous man on the planet, arguably, um, definitely top three, right? They planned it for months, and who knows what risk they were taking, but then they literally did this missile strike or drone strike, killing 10 innocent Afghanis, this innocent family. This man was loading canisters in his trunk of his car, and they claimed he was an, an aid worker, by the way. He cooperated with, with American organizations, but uh, they claimed that he was a terrorist, but he wasn't a terrorist. And why were they doing it? Remember, it was in response, there was a terror attack on U.S. soldiers at the Kabul airport. Remember that? So they needed, Biden needed some sort of revenge attack. And uh, so they made up, they basically claimed that there was an imminent threat of another terror attack, which was a lie. It wasn't true. They made it up. They had virtually no basis for making up this terrorist who didn't exist, claiming he's a terrorist. It turns out he's an innocent man with innocent kids around him. And it was this horrific attack, and the whole thing was planned in just a few hours. And here they have the head of al-Qaeda, and they sat on it for months. And, and, and who knows? I don't know. I mean, it's even possible. I don't know how diabolical they are. It's possible that they just needed a scapegoat, so they just they knew they were killing innocent people. You don't want to go there. You say, listen, it was an honest mistake. Well, I'm sorry. You don't make an honest mistake. honest mistake is like, well, sorry, I spilled the ketchup. Not, well, sorry, I did this drone attack, and I didn't confirm that the man was a terrorist, and it turns out that we killed innocent kids. So somebody explain that. All right, the, the Democrat Party, I want to mention this, is helping to fund the campaigns of Trump candidates. This is great. And uh, yet again, I hate to admit it, but yet again, I, I agree with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because she actually – we don't agree for the same reasons, but she actually sort of has a point. Yes, the Democrat Party, the media is never going to tell you this, but the the, the hypocrisy of the Democrat Party, they're funding the campaigns of candidates for Congress in primaries that are endorsed by Trump. And basically, they're propping up Trump candidates. Why are they doing this? They believe that the Trump candidate is easy to, easier to, to beat in the general election. So they're basically propping up what they view as the weaker candidate. Now they're wrong. They're wrong. They're, once again, the Democrats are underrating uh, Trump's influence um, to, to, to endorse candidates. But they think that the Trump candidate usually is weaker, whether it's because Trump endorses the underdog because it's the MAGA thing or whether, you know, he, he doesn't like somebody in Congress who voted against him uh, when it came to declaring Biden the winner of the election or whatever it is. But I think their strategy is going to backfire big time. And Ocasio actually thinks the same thing. So this is like the second time. What else? I, I agree with her about Congress people not being allowed to trade stocks because they have insider knowledge. So look, every once in a while, even a broken clock, right? I mean, Ocasio, I guess she's right, sort of. But um, 
they're totally underestimating Trump. But the point is the hypocrisy. Ocasio's point is this is a bad strategy. She's right, but that's not the main point. The main point is it's unbelievable how imagine if 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 the republic imagine if Trump did this. Imagine if Trump decided to support. Uh, a candidate who was endorsed by Bernie Sanders, right? The media would be livid. The media would be going nuts. But because it's in the other, it's on the other side, the media is totally ignoring it. Um, all right, there's a bombshell report about Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy Hutchinson, remember, she was the blockbuster witness at the January 6th hearing. She claimed that Trump, she made up this insane story. Uh, I mean, clearly, clearly made up. It wasn't corroborated. There were many, many... Uh, Secret Service agents who were supposed to be there, who she claims were even witnesses, and they said, no, it never happened. And uh, she claimed Trump lunched at Secret Service agents and that he tried to commandeer the presidential vehicle, whatever the vehicle was, January 6th. It wasn't the limo. I think it was the, uh, the some SUV or something. And uh, it turns out Cassidy Hutchinson, she had no credibility anyway, but it turns out that she actually worked for Trump. She, she now claims that Trump is this massive threat. She actually worked for Trump for two months after he left the White House. So the blockbuster witness, the one who tries to claim that Trump is like this huge, huge threat, bigger threat to, to democracy than Kim Jong-un, than Vladimir Putin. And it turns out, well, she worked for Trump for two months, two months after he left the White House. She was down in Mar-a-Lago working for Trump. Well, explain that. Somehow here, following Trump's departure from Washington to settle in Mar-a-Lago, Hutchinson continued to work for him in a coordinator position for nine weeks. That's according to Business Insider. Um, she had actually a salary of $90,000 a year during those couple of months, I guess whatever her prorates to. She was working from Virginia. Sorry, she was working from Virginia while Trump was in Mar-a-Lago. But um, somehow that's a little interesting because why is she working for this man who's such a massive, massive threat and who lunged at a Secret Service agent in his 70s and uh, tried to commandeer, as president, tried to commandeer the, uh, the presidential SUV so that he could uh, drive himself, <laughs> drive himself to the Capitol. And even if he did, it's still not a crime, by the way. All right, and finally, there's some kind of technical crime about him entering the Capitol or something. Give me a break. Uh, and finally, a court has struck down a woke law in San Francisco allowing illegals to vote in local elections. So there was a similar law in New York City, and uh, that, of course, was struck down by a court because it's unconstitutional, whether it's federal, whether it's the state constitution. It is unconstitutional for illegals, and I, I, sorry, undocumented Migrants. They technically might have working papers or they might have a visa or something. Please give me a break. We know this is designed to allow real illegals to, to, to vote. And it was struck down second time this has happened. This has been, by the way, this has been on the books for years in San Francisco. Um, it allows non, or it did allow non-citizens, aka undocumented migrants, aka illegals to vote in school board elections. The ordinance allowed parents to vote in school board elections, whether or not they had documentation. And the plaintiffs argued that California has a longstanding requirement. Voters must be U.S. citizens. Well, isn't that a shocking, isn't that just an obscene, offensive requirement? Uh, Well, the court agreed. The court agreed that the requirement applies to every election in California, even those conducted by charter cities, because determining voter qualifications is a matter of statewide concern, and the state law supersedes conflicting charter city ordinances that's going to do it for today and we will see you next time